Welcome to Brewing Leadership, where we grab coffee or beer and we talk about leadership. Hey everyone, welcome back to Brewing Leadership. I am once again joined by my good buddy Ryan. How's it going? I am your host Pete. It's been a couple weeks since our last episode um, and I know I promised we'd have uh, the topic of innovation a couple weeks ago. Um, we had a couple things happen and uh, it kind of prevented us from doing another episode, but we are here and today's topic is innovation. And I just want to point out that the views and opinions that we expressed are not in any way uh, to endorse uh, the opinions of DOD or any government agency. So we, we act on our own accord. Uh, so innovation, huge topic in almost every industry this, this, the, these days. It's uh, almost become, or I would actually call it a buzzword. I don't feel we approach it correctly. I feel we abuse the push for it and we miss the mark on actually creating something new and game-changing. But I just wanted to discuss some of uh, our opinions and experience regarding innovation for you guys. And uh, I guess to hit it off, uh, Ryan, uh, what, and I guess in our day and age, what do you feel is good about innovation and then what is bad about innovation? Hmm. Well, it's, I totally agree with you that I think it's a buzzword that's used nowadays. Like every, everything is innovation, innovation, innovation. Hey, look how he innovated this. Still same product, but it is innovated. Uh, <laughs> like what I see as innovation is like when we come up with a whole new concept, right? And so before, back in the day when we had, you know, let's, like, let's say the Pony Express, right? They had to ride horseback. They only rode uh, in spans of 100 miles and they had to carry two horses and it, was, like, and it had a requirement of you had to be less than 100, I believe 120 pounds to be a mail carrier. And so that way you can run your horse as fast as possible between each checkpoint and get a new horse. That was innovative because people were having to wait for large large baskets of uh, like a, of stage coaches to come, come through, but really not because it was doing the same way. But what was innovative was going from paper form and going to digital form, hence the email. That's why the mail system no, no, like, doesn't, isn't, is used as much anymore because everything can pretty much be sent via email. Like, uh, and so I think that in turn is, is innovation. Uh, but we had to go through a lot of steps to do that. So innovation is, is slow to happen, but when it does happen, it's completely transformative. It's not like when uh, somebody does like, hey, I changed this process and I, I skipped two steps. That's, that's not innovation. That's just process change. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely, completely agree. Um, you know, I always go back to the whole... Uh, and this is just, just one concept, but I'm, I'm trying to make it as, a, as an analogy that because uh, I see innovation as as nothing um, it, oh, sorry it's, it's creating new systems to replace old systems if that makes sense in any way because we can make improvements to one system and over time it changes maybe it transforms to a new system but it's done on a micro level and with small increments in order to leap and completely abandon the old ways and implement a new way, uh, I would definitely consider that a disruptive and a radical change to innovation. I know there's a, 
uh, schematic out there or, um, that, that shows that there's four types of innovation and it's incremental, architectural, radical, and disruptive. Uh, and it's, and it's, I think it's my best, and, and I, not best, but it's my favorite way of seeing innovation because it, it both talks about existing processes and new processes. Um, but I, I like to think that our approach to innovation now is we want it, but a lot of the places that we want it don't need it, if that, if that makes sense as well. Um, what do you think is bad about our approach to innovation? Well, it's, it's the label, like words have power. And so our approach to it is it's rubber stamping everything. And so we lose sight of that. And so like when we say excellence, like, uh, ex you know, excellence, this is excellent, this is excellent, this is excellent. It's like when we're taught as a kid, like if don't cuss so much, because then it loses its, its, its oomph. And so if you're always dropping F-bombs, somebody just thinks that, you know, you're just, you have a poor vernacular. But if, like, if you have somebody who's very, like, like very straight cut, and, like, and all of a sudden they drop that bomb, everybody's, like, gasping, like, <gasps> whoa. And so if we, we're going to lose the sense of innovation just by saying everything's being innovated. And I think that's what's happening now. And you guys can hear this dog barking out the window. Um, no, it's, it's good. Um, it, it, you could probably still hear him if you shut the window. Uh, sorry. Um, I think that's where we're at now in our in today. We have such an advance in technology that, and I guess us coming from the military, we're always behind the technology curve. We're always trying to keep up with what's already been out for years, trying to figure out how to apply it to, to our systems and our processes in some form. But I think we've lost a sense of its true meaning. Um, and right now, I think... Like I've said many times, and if anybody's followed my, my blog or been to the Brewing Leadership uh, Facebook, I, I talk about this, I've written about it, saying that if we do want change, because innovation is our, our, our need to make things better, faster, uh, save money, save manpower, it's any way we can save. But we can also do those things through just tweaking policies, and we can, we can do it by improving our existing processes and our existing equipment. Um, it's, it's finding ways to do it um, maybe in a little bit um, quicker to scale. But at the same time, if we're wanting to just become better, we don't have to focus on innovation at all. We can actually just focus on solving problems with creativity. Um, I think our society's view on innovation is like, hey, there's very few innovators. So if you tell an entire you know, military force we want you to innovate, you probably have people in the mindset thinking, I'm not an innovator. But if you sit there and tell people, hey, here's five problems, um, we just need to find solutions, you probably might have people saying, hey, I might have a solution rather than, because uh, it just removes the idea of innovation and just, just trying to solve problems at the core. Because um, I think that's what makes us better is when we can find those problems and just solve them Regardless if it's um, a new new system, I mean, it just might, like I said, it might just be a policy tweak on how we, how we do things or uh, maybe a purchase of a different item than, you know, what we're currently using. But it doesn't have to change the system. It's just we're just making it better. And it doesn't, like I said, it, it can just be some creative way that we haven't thought of um, and in no way, shape, or form it's innovative. Um, but I think it's safe to say that all innovation is birth from creativity, but not all creativity is innovative. 
Um, it's just a smart way of looking at things, the way it is kind of how I see it. And I think the bad thing is that I think we get to the point to where we're pushing so hard for innovation that we're asking people to, and I quote, um, it's okay to fail forward because you're going to learn from your failures. First attempt in learning, right? Right. Um, you know, there's trial and error is good for, for some things, but not all. Uh, and it's great that we're wanting people to try new things and not be afraid to try new things. But... Over time, if you're just failing and failing and failing, you're not you're not getting anything out of it. Then you just become a culture of failure, and you don't become a culture of innovation at all. Because um, you have to succeed at something to to actually, I guess, achieve it. And and if we just tell people, uh, oh yeah, it's it's okay to fail. You're right, it is okay to fail. But there's 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 unnecessary risk that we should be being cautious of because not everything needs to have a huge risk and there's sometimes where we don't need to risk certain things so um we can be belligerent with it and we can we can be very um what's the word for it um careless with how we innovate because of our of our need to want to innovate and, and innovation and for the sake of innovation exactly you know um, change for the sake of change i'm gonna pull up a reference um by I think it's I think he's retired colonel now. Uh, he wrote an awesome paper to um, and I think Air University published this quite a few years ago. I mean it, it's been a while, but I think I have the reference here. But he he says um, that and, and I'm gonna actually read a couple quotes from him because I, I just feel like he's hitting the nail, and I think maybe his his viewpoints on innovation. <laughs> may have gone overlooked by a lot of people, but he says, we tend to treat innovation with reverence. We have romanticized it and we have always, and we're always chasing after it as if it's some holy grail. I mean, he nails it just in that thought alone. Uh, and then I, he continues, although this notion may seem very, seem counterintuitive given all the rampant ad, ad, advocacy for innovation, uh, he, he argues that a clear negative side exists having too much push for change, saying that innovators, for example, can be creative, but if they push their inclinations too far, their behavior leads to belligerence, chaos, disastrous experimentation, and unprincipled opportunism. And I, I don't think we think about that in any way because we just think that if we keep doing it, we're gonna, it's gonna happen. But what if it doesn't? Are you willing to bet your culture on it? And I'd say I don't, I don't want to bet my culture on it, um, which is why I think we have to be very disciplined into how we approach what we're trying to innovate and why we're trying to innovate. But what do you think about that, Ryan? Well, I think uh, I, I think you posed a really good question right there. Like, are we willing to destroy our culture? And I think at, at, you know, with COVID-19 and all the other things that are happening like uh, during this time, I think some people are saying yes. And because... If you don't have the experience to see the bad the bad comings of change, you're always going to be you're you're going to always be an optimist. I'm not saying age with experience become comes pessimism, but it, it there is temperament for uh, for applying such changes recklessly. And uh, like with everything happening, people are making decisions younger and younger and younger and younger. And uh, to a degree, uh, there's some decisions that happen later in life, but uh, 
But yeah, I think you you have to be you have to be careful about change because what the what change happens what change means is unknown, and you can't know what's unknown, and so you can't proceed for it. You can't you can't practice it. It doesn't matter what model you're using. It doesn't matter what predictive uh, type steps you're going to see. That's like it's like Jeff Goldblum said during in Jurassic Park. Life will find a way, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing with like Occam's razor or uh, Murphy's law. Like whatever can fail will fail. Whatever whatever happenstances that will in like inhibit you from doing achieving said goal, that's going to happen. But when you make it on an infinite an infinite amount of level of changes, you're going to have an infinite amount of obstacles. Right. And so you're. If you if if you reach infinity, that just means you you literally never reach your goal, and so we have to be kind of very careful with what we change and be very specific with why and and not necessarily an, an entire system. Right. It, it's small changes. If you throw enough rocks into into a river, you can change the course of a river. Right. Like I love like the older I get, the more wisdom these little small <laughs> analogies bring because it's profound in meaning. And simple and delivery, but it's just one of, it's one of those issues. Like a like a perfect example, like you can still innovate. One of the things that were innovated was the color monitor, right? Back in the day, you had a huge bunch of filters. You had to change going through the spectrum, and it was, it was extremely expensive to get color TV. Well, then one of the I mean I forget his name, so I don't want to butcher it, but he worked for Apple, and he and he was one of the guys that designed the first Apple screen. And what he figured out, he figured out a way to take a, a chipset and make it to where instead of being a couple hundred dollars to make, make the ability to have color shine through, he made, the, he made, he simulated the same effect with chip, with microchips that only cost the amount of a dollar. Hmm. Right there, that was, that was innovation because he completely improved the system and just made everything possible because now it's where we can use on flip phones. Like we have a chipset that allows us to yeah. make those frequencies that are able to display color on our LCD screens. And I'm just like, oh no, that's amazing. That, that's innovation. But he had to see a proposed need for it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And I think right now it's, we want to innovate. And I think now we're doing a little bit better at saying, Here's what we want. I'm not gonna say that the I word again. Here's what we want to change. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, here's what we want to change. Now, someone come up with an idea on how we can do this, which is it's a great thing to leverage the power of the people, uh, and especially people that are touching projects because they they see things a little differently than some people that may not be so close to the problem. Uh, and I want to continue. So this article I'm reading from is from the Air and Space Power Journal in from September and October 2014. Uh, and it was written by Colonel, um, Colonel John F. Price. I don't know if he's retired by now. Uh, but he wrote it, and you can actually find it in Air University's um, portal. I highly recommend it. He, he, he quotes uh, and puts, has a lot of good notes in there from where he's pulling things from. But on the continuation of... Um, being, um, 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 what's the word for it? Being belligerent and, um, un, un, I guess the word is unresponsible with innovation. He says that depending on the circumstances, irresponsible, irresponsible sorry, irresponsible, yeah. um, the excess can offer aggressive spark needed to trigger full transformation, meaning leadership, 
or it can become a time-consuming distraction. And more times than not, I, I feel like that's what we're doing is we're spending a lot of time and energy trying to do something to maybe even change something that may not even need changing. Because um, sometimes we're trying to be effective, but it's not always efficient. We always want those two to match, but sometimes it's hard to chase both those at the same time. Uh, what I do feel we're doing really good is trying to incorporate a lot of technology into our pilot training program. Uh, I know the, the next program down in Austin, uh, they started kind of a new way of trying to, to, to um, I guess, not better qualify people to fly a plane, but um, train people. And I believe they even brought in enlisted members to turn, to go through that, that program a couple years ago. Uh, I'm not sure the status of that program, but uh, I just remember my old uh, director of staff uh, went to, to be the commander of that de detachment. Um, which, so I, I think we're, it's good to have these, I wouldn't say test organizations, but uh, if we do want to chase innovation, we do have to see if things work. You can call it pilot programs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just testing um, them out, see if they're working. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do want to know if things are working. There's only way to do that is to, is to test things out. But uh, the main point is we have to be careful of the negative side effects of forcing change because we definitely don't want anything to lead to unnecessary risk. And that's another problem. I mean, most of the time we're not ready for some risk and because it's challenging and it can set us back. Uh, but I guess that's the whole point of risk is to see what works. But hopefully, and I hate even saying the word hopefully, uh, I, I'm sure at, at, in, in many cases we are doing our homework and not just uh, jumping into the water before we look to see what's at the bottom. But, uh, well, there's, I think, uh, like the, I don't, I don't know if everybody remembers the Darwin Awards, like emails that would go out just explaining. I think all those people were trying to be innovative and solving whatever problems they were having at that time but they didn't foresee the consequences that were going to happen. Yeah. And so I think that's a perfect example of people trying to force innovation and not really thinking things through. Yeah, and like I said, I, and another thing is, if we're going to innovate, we need to define problems. And I think we don't do a good job of that sometimes because I think we're afraid to point out our problems. Um, I'll I think we know we know our problems, but we don't, yeah. we don't have a poster saying, Here's three problems we, we need solving, but maybe that's what we need to do is start posting these problems and saying, uh, we, we want you to try to save or whatever in this, but you have to ask, well, is that a problem or are you just wanting to improve it? Like, yeah. like what are we doing with that? Or is there really a problem there? Because you're not acknowledging, maybe that's the word, we're not acknowledging our problems. We're just, yeah. we know they're there, but uh, we're not going to just point a finger at them. Well, I, I think, I think we, we cast a wide net when, when finding problems. Like, we don't, have, uh, we don't have enough specificity when it comes to, like, you know, you got to be specific, measurable, accountable. Yeah. Reliable time, have have your timetables right there. Smart, right? I I mean, cause I mean, to me, when you do those things, you you can track progress. Like I, I like things that are tangible, and with that, smart, you can do that. Yeah, you know, and you, so yeah, good. And so like uh, I think a lot of times, we're we're in the instant society, right? Like we want something. Well, when do we want it? We want it now. And uh, and change change is painful. Like yeah. change, change is very painful, and so most like, people aren't ready for I change. Mean, look at birth. There's a lot of changes going on. <laughs> it's painful. Uh, growing pains when growing up. Like oh man, like I'm just my 
Like, yeah, I'm having this aches. I'm having things. It's, it's changing. Getting older, changing. It's painful, but uh, it sometimes change is needed. Sometimes it's it's scary when it's just for the sake of it, because it's it's unreasoned. And uh, I think sometimes we always think that we don't have a we don't have a good grasp. Like we have a tactical view, uh, but we don't have the thirty thousand foot view of seeing what's what's going on. Like we could find something to make a small tweak and then improve the process to, to make, make something better. Like for instance, networks, right? Like a, or computers, DDR RAM, like it just doubled your data rate. That's what DDR stands for. And so that revolutionized computers and started working a little faster. And we had DDR3, then DDR4, each time, double, double, double. Then you're like, then you're like, then we started figuring out, well, if we take these items out, it'll increase the transfer of this. And then we realized, oh crap, we thought if we put parallel wires and have them one bit sent at a time on all these cables all at the same time, it would be faster than what we used to have because we were a serial before. But then we found out, oh man, we made a change that was worse and now it's, it actually created more limitations than what we had prior. And so we went back. So we can't we can't be afraid to change or to have those innovations, but we really can't be afraid to change back. That's... We have to be able to step back to go forward. And if that if that makes sense. Man, Dilly, it, it does. And honestly, I, I didn't even consider like taking the step back and maybe reverting back to a state, you know, safe, you know, yeah. a, a point like your backup, like when you when you back up your hard drive or whatever, like you're, you, you go back to that, that, that point where everything was clear and it was working. I mean, it's hard to hit the reset button, but I, I didn't even consider like, yeah, maybe maybe we should take a step back sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's just we go so we're, long. We're just admitting we're wrong. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 but I'm being innovative. I can't be wrong if I'm innovating something. But, but is it going to yeah, work? You know, it's going to work over time as well. Yeah. And at the same time, as, as our culture changes and, and as our... Uh, resources change. Do we need to go back to the old ways of doing things? Is that is that the answer? Sometimes, uh, that's a good point that you bring that you, that you just brought up. Um, I, I want to read another uh, paragraph from from this uh, this article from Colonel Price. Uh, and it says because uh, this is where I feel we should be heading in our in our quest to to, to become better and do better and know better and make anything better. He says, to capitalize on this opportunity, senior leaders must promote a clear understanding of innovation and work to shape the military's culture of compliance, because we are hardcore on being compliant uh, and adaptive. We are adaptive culture because we are driven by TOs and and AFIs, but he says, to shape the military's culture of compliance into one of disciplined creativity. And I really like those last two words of disciplined creativity. Um, because creativity sparks any kind of change, especially if it's something that a road we haven't walked down or gone down before. But it's knowing when to take that risk is what I feel the discipline part of that is, is knowing when to take that risk, knowing when to say, just like you kind of says, like we need to stay, go backwards now instead of forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to risk certain things. It's being smart about how we're, we're changing things and, um, but so I, I absolutely just love this article in, in every way possible. It's just, it, it, I feel the, that we missed, I guess, the marketing. 
because I see I feel that we market change as innovation. Like, oh, it's but it's like, yeah, but it starts with creativity. You don't hear anybody talking about creativity. You don't hear anybody in any way creating these creativity rooms or anything. You know, and the environment for for change. Uh, so your environment is very important as well. And I know people have like these innovation cells and stuff, so I think it's good that we're starting to tailor our environments to allow creativity. Um, I'm a visual person. I like to write things down. I need, I need to see processes in, 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 you know, in some sort of visual for me to actually piece things together. But, you know, I think there's a study there where you write things down, you're more likely to achieve your goal. I think we need, I mean, I think it's a simple practice, but... Um, creativity, and I'm always going to push this, that creativity is how we need to start pushing uh, for change rather than focusing on uh, some sort of uh, product that may be innovative. And Colonel Price actually nails that in the, the article as well. And I'll read this last bit because this is the only thing I have written down. He says, if we view history with this restricted view... Then Edison's light bulb and the Wright brothers' aircraft appear as dynamic manifestations of inspiration. Conversely, if we view the, these innovations as, as products in their full context, then we begin to see innovation as a cons consequence of creativity and effort applied over time. And I, I think that's a, that's a great definition of, I mean, I, I believe the, the light bulb and uh, the aircraft that the Wright brothers create was... Um, was not this one-off thing that just happened, but uh, they worked at it over time. And they were creative trying to get things. I mean, how many times did the Wright brothers fail at, at getting an, a working aircraft? I mean, a, a lot. I mean, but then again, they were funded and they were able to do that because they had money. And money's always an issue in the military. Do we even have the money to risk things like that? But they were given... Um, Actually, they weren't given the money. Actually, no, they no. Developed, they, they developed it. They, 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 they got, they got it after. It was the other... What was the, um, there's another guy that, that actually was given the, the, the grant to, to do it and he failed actually and he gave up I think Simon Sinner talks about this and, oh I think there was like uh, there was like 40 proposals at that time yeah for flying, for so, flying but, but they, they still um, they, it didn't happen overnight it, it, it was creativity over time and then they created something innovative so um, I think there's a lot to be said and I don't think we say enough about the driving force of innovation which is creativity so um yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, am I just being biased toward that we're doing it wrong? Not doing it wrong, but we're just going about it um, a little off by not really focusing on creativity. I don't. I don't know. Like, right? And it's like, cause here's the thing: everybody has a certain way of thinking, and so for a technician, like if they're technical, like they have to be able to follow through on how everything is going through. Like, the mechanic will know how the spark is delivered into the chamber and causes the combustion. The combustion is then going to move the piston down and drive and drive and drive to the transfer case. The transfer case is then going to propel the transmission and then you're going to have then you have everything I, I probably got that wrong. Well I'm not a mechanic but but basically it's going to go and it's going to and it's going to move the wheel and that's how it goes and it makes sense and there's small changes within that and so a lot of time it's coming up with these new ideas but that's what we think of innovation. But the four-cylinder engine at one point was considered innovative in, in, in the way it can be powerful and provide economy, like, like, like uh, fuel economy. 
putting uh, turbo on it. So that, that's how it's able to increase its performance to something that was a larger engine. Dense, re reducing weight, also, also improving. And so you have, but all of these decisions weren't immediate. Like you have to realize that innovation is 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 just change. Like it's just change. Change in any type of process, it's going to go through multiple evolutions. The like the giraffe at one point probably did not have a long neck, but eventually through uh, freaking evolution, it did because it has the same amount of neck bones that a person does. Their bones just got longer, right? And that's how it changed, and that's how it evolved. Yeah, it's, it's an evolution of thought. Yeah, and so just like some some things, they just die out. Like they they can't compete, and so because something else came along, yeah, and just and removed it. Yeah, uh, but when we're forcing timelines, like to where it has to be proven, it has to be time tested, and then you got like, and then you're gonna hear people say things like. Only fortune favors the bold. Only this, that. It's like, well, fortune favors the bold. Sure, that works out. And that's why we have Scott Air Force Base because that pilot died. And so they named it Scott Field, Scott Air Force Base, because he, he died. He, he was bold. He was trying on a new platform. He was willing to risk his life. And uh, I think we've, we've gotten smart enough now to be able to contain a lot of our our drive to do things but to a safe rate but I don't know man it's, I mean it's, it's such a broad topic to kind of to talk about yeah but you can't but you can't apply that word to everything yeah I agree and I think I think that's our greatest downfall is we're, we're applying to everything I read articles all the time from various Air Force bases and every time I, I come across any kind of title saying innovation I read it to see what what was done but I mean I've seen articles where people are just changing their work schedules and they're calling it innovation it's like that's just time management man like yeah. it's not innovation it's nothing new we've been we've been doing that before it just took some new nco i think we're in the seat to just look at it a little differently than what other people were and bold and, and boldly and courageously say this is not right and we need to do it this way but it's just like i said it's just it's not innovation it, it's it may he may have found a creative way and I'm pretty sure it took some sort of creativity to find say hey this is not we should do it this other way or here's here's a way we can work out our work schedules that maybe helps something I, I don't remember what what it was or where it was but I just remember me I just remember thinking okay he just yeah. worked on some time management skills I, with some people and moved some people around like uh yeah it's not innovation I, I think we're losing losing our ability to decipher the dictionary uh <laughs> For the most part, just due to marketing, because everybody wants to hear innovation. Like, hey, like when we innovated the idea of vaccinations, like that was that was innovative. That that propelled human life for at least a decade. It's like it was innovative to for the first doctor to say, hey, before I go give uh, help this lady give birth to her child while I'm messing with this cadaver because I'm also the mortician at the same time. Let me wash my hands. That was innovative because you stopped you stopped the the contam contamination of women because it was a, it was a higher like mortality rate for women. It's like oh you know this baby died, woman died, well it's because of infection because you had your hands in the, the cadaver. That person who said hey just by doing this you'll see a higher rate. That person was literally he lost his he lost his medical license. This is like not even not even 150 years ago. Yeah. 
And like he was laughing, he was laughed out. So it's not like people who truly innovate most likely are going to lose their livelihoods, and then somebody's going to somebody's going to see later on down the path that no, this is this is a benefit. Like look how many yeah. people make fun of Elon Musk. Yeah, and I, I think this article pinpoints that that over time, I mean. We, we could be innovating right now, but we don't know it because we're just doing these micro changes, micro uh, improvements. But over time, it may form something that we didn't even know we had until we, until we arrive right there. And, um, and it's true. I mean, it could take time. Um, but I think we're, we're, we're chasing this overnight change. Mm-hmm. And change can't happen overnight where everybody's on board and where it's going to be beneficial to the masses. Uh, but I would say that I really... Um, praise and recognize anybody that's just doing things just to solve small problems. Uh, you know, even small problems add up to big changes uh, over time. So I want to encourage people to keep keep being creative and, and solving problems. Uh, and I'm not trying to um, to tell you to do one uh, do things a certain way, but I just want to challenge you to to not think of things as innovative, but to think things as if we just need to solve a problem. And I, I think the Air Force is doing really good when General Welsh um, pushed the, the Powered by Airmen Fueled by Innovation uh, portal site. It allows us an avenue to even submit ideas. The ideas um, program? It's, it's great. Um, I mean, I've gone through there. I've posted stuff. Um, some things, I mean, you see things that are approved. You see things that are, I mean, you can go look at anybody's um, submissions on there. So, I mean, there's there's tons of ideas coming from people uh, us using certain fonts on your computer and, and printer to save paper and uh, turning the lights off you know with the sensor stuff or using the sensors to, to have lights turn off to save energy I mean there's so many micro ideas and, and I hope we're doing a lot of these things because over time it will add up to something big even though it's, a, it's just a small thing like uh, whoever thought of like changing the font you use would save ink or whatever you know but it makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not you're, you're using less ink on certain fonts than you're coming over time. I mean, that's a long time over time, but I guess you would be saving ink in a way. Uh, inkless screens, yeah, like paper, paper like paper light screens. Yeah, so that way you're not even using ink. Yeah, uh, just making the small changes. And I think what we kind of forget though too is we we don't add those in. We want huge change, immediate basis. Yeah, versus gradual change that is just constant improvement yeah it's just like a person yeah like if your biggest change was to no longer poop in your diaper and you innovated that idea it's like you know what? i'm not going to poop in my pants i'm being innovative because now i don't smell like that <laughs> but if that's the only change that ever comes yeah. it's like that's that's not a good trait for the species it's like yeah. we, we have to think we have to be able to make small like just improve just improve. That, that's the way I see it. Is what what what? I look at things. I'm like, what, what way can this be better? Can it be better? Uh, sometimes maybe it, it can't. I I, I don't know. Uh, depending on the situation, but I like to th- compare. Um, it's like practicing. Um, the uh, tennis player doesn't get to be the best tennis player by always doing. They they have to work on their backswing, which is one of the hardest things to do in tennis uh, over time. I don't know if you're a tennis player. I tried learning tennis 
you know, you play racquetball, and it's hard. I mean, the, you, your backhand—it's—it's it's so it's such a weird motion and weird muscle going into your racket when you're trying to to, to do your. I well, it's, it's, op- it's opposite of what you know, you're doing your forehand, yeah, it, so it, you have to. It's not natural. It doesn't time, feel natural. The timing is different. But you practice it over time, and you get better. And that's kind of how I see our organizations. Like, well, we have to practice. Uh, you know, whatever it is we're trying to do, um, over time. Train high five. You know, yeah. Basically, uh, but as it's, over time is kind of the, the concept I'm getting at is you're not going to get better overnight. You're not going to improve overnight, but over time, you keep doing that and you keep doing things consistent. You will see change. You will see things that are improved. And I think that's how we should push for yeah. change instead of, hey, go innovate. And, oh, we need to innovate this. We need to innovate yeah. that. Well, it's, your, it's your perception of time, right? Yeah. And so, like, you can make anything condensed. Like... Hey, let's let's do a brief history of the last hundred years. Like I'm not living the last hundred yeah. years. I'm just telling you what's happening and seeing yeah. certain improvements. So if you if you take the if you take the ideas of snapshots like that, that that's huge. Like we didn't have any any ability to talk to each other 150 years ago, other than letter. Mm-hmm. Now I can talk to my mom on the other side of the planet and just and see her, see what yeah. she's doing. Yeah. Like. That, that that that's huge innovation. Yep. And so, but but those innovations, like what well, that happened over time. Oh yeah, happened, you know, happened over time. Small changes. Happened, small changes. But also look look at some of the, look at some of the regression of uh, of what we have. Do we have anybody that speaks eloquently? Very few. Look at penmanship, non-existent. And look at how we talk to each other. We put gr eight for great, where we're we're bastardizing our own languages to come up with faster faster ways yeah so is that beneficial depends what we're going yeah, for it depends what you're going for yeah i guess so yeah if you need to send it if you're going for faster t- you know tweets or texts then and you can abbreviate anything and everything I don't yeah. know. brb be right back be right back oh, you yeah. know like there's so many things you can but the funny thing is we all know what that means yeah you know yeah, you know it's been accepted you know and we don't we don't write official memos in that kind of context um but I mean that's just that's a good point. I mean over time we have these these devices in our hands that are that are computers in our hands, you know, and that happened over time. I, I like the 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 old uh, analogy of you know the 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 VHS uh, to to compact disc, you know. Now we have DVDs to Netflix, to, ne- to Netflix, you know, where it, uh, Netflix rendered pretty much anything streaming basically rendered the CDs and DVDs obsolete. Um, I mean, there's probably some still produced today just for those people that lagged getting out the streaming service. But, I mean, the discs, you know, there's no VHS, you know. But but at the same time, when VHS came out, beta, though they were bigger, the quality was actually better in the beta, but people wanted smaller. So with the lower quality, smaller product, VHS. Mm -hmm. But betas in the day were actually the better choices. Just I think when they went down, there was a cost thing. It's like, well, this is cheaper and smaller and we just lose a little bit of quality and we sacrifice that. That, yeah. was, that was something that we were willing to, to do. But um, I just like that in, in, that analogy as we, uh, so the, the, the beta to VHS was more of a incremental. Mm-hmm. And I think we went to, um, to discs. That was more of a, I guess, radical. Um, you're still doing the same thing. You still had an object that you had to put in a, in a player, but then with the streaming, that was disrupted because you rendered things obsolete. Like you, you don't need discs anymore. You created an entire, you destroyed an industry. Yeah, you just, yeah, I mean, 
you, you literally destroyed industry. I mean, the blockbusters are, yeah. you think there's one left in Hollywood in, video? In, you know, country. there's one. There's one. I, think, I, believe there's, I believe there's one. I remember, Hollywood. I remember Hollywood video, you know, and the mom and pop shops. Yeah. Like, uh, I see uh, Mr. Showtime and like this stuff yeah. like that. It's like, hey, that was an opportunity for people to have some form of in, uh, some form of industry. Yeah. And, and, and now through COVID, we're being forced to do things. And like, uh, for instance, um, when we, we have online courses in college now, but for, for kids in, in elementary school and high school through COVID, they were they were forced, I mean, completely forced to, to start uh, school digitally. I mean, they, they weren't gradually into that. I mean, they, these young kids had to change overnight, literally, in how they learn. And sometimes it's, it's good to have technology that, that can continue education, but at the same time, you're doing it in a platform that kids weren't really prepared for. I, I know my kiddo, I mean, really uh, you're talking up, about... Open my eyes to see how the education system goes. Yeah, I mean, we had to be a little bit more proactive at home because um, the, the, the teacher was doing digital stuff, so you, you were able to see little things and provide more assistance. But that just comes to show how far we've come with technology and, and how innovative, and I'm using air quotes there, um, with how we use things. Which is, a, which is a whole other topic, how, how we can repurpose things and how use them for different things uh, to make things work. And, but um, I'm just saying, like, we, we've come a long way with technology, and I think we've yet to explore the full range of how we can benefit from technology. I mean, now people can fly planes from a computer, you know, they don't have to actually be in the cockpit. Um, so it's just, where is the future of war fighting when it comes to that kind of change that's, that's, that's you, you, you know, ethical, and that's a whole new that's an ethical discussion right uh, there that's a whole different what thing is the too. price of war when there's no life lost it's true you know you know we have a you know, cyber warfare now and stuff and, and misleading information and things like that so um but we're we're we're, we're still moving forward with, with counteracting that that by whatever means we're doing um I'm not a cyber guy, but I'm, I'm pretty sure in some ways we're, we're leveraging some sort of technology to kind of counter counterattack the cyber stuff. And I'm pretty sure it's innovative, to some degree, or maybe it's just well, it's maybe funny. it was maybe a slow thing that we've been doing for the last thirty years or whatever. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a little just a little understanding, and it's this little change here and there yeah. uh, from everything that I'm going because like I don't like during, I will say during COVID it's like I have. I have a quest and a thirst for just understanding because I have more and more time to realize it. And yeah. the more I get it, it's like, and so I didn't understand it as a younger man, like the, the, the need for, the need for uh, like understanding. But it's also kind of throwing in that history as well. It's like learning about history because then we're seeing like, wow, we kind of, we kind of did this before. And it didn't didn't necessarily work out too well. Or we see somebody that was already doing this, and then they were ridiculed, and it was just abandoned. And mm -hmm. we're kind of thinking like, oh, this is the only way forward. Like let's take like let's take for instance like snipers, right? And like like let's bring back the uh, professional arms. There were always sharpshooters within every military unit, like in the eighteen hundreds. Like they just said, you had your good shots, but every time that there's no more war. Well, that 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 mindset kind of went away, and it wasn't until later later on until like I think like we didn't have snipers like uh, in World War One, and so we had to revolutionize the school again. We had to come back up with thought. We had to come back up with training, and then we made it an actual discipline. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's and that and we're, and we consistently apply that. But it's like, but if that was something that we had before, then we lost it. Then we had to relearn it. Yeah. And then we just kind of like, okay, let's not learn, let's not unlearn this. And so I think that's I think it's really inductive, well, indicative of how we are as a people now, because if it isn't digital, it's not important. But we need to know, we need to have people that know how to make shoes like by hand. We need to have like, because that's what everybody starts like, This was handmade. It's yeah. Like, oh wait, but my but my Jordan's like yeah yeah, no, nowhere near this. That's that you're paying for the name. Where you need to have people that can do the hand the welding you mm-hmm. like the do those tasks. And I, I feel like like we have a lot of people that are losing losing those type of like uh, understanding of just how to do it. Mm-hmm. How how do we do this? Because it's outside of the mind. It's, yeah. it's, it's not sexy. <laughs> it's not innovative. Because yeah. it's it's an old discipline. But there have been lots of changes that have made it better. Like in, industrialization. That was innovation. Yeah. Like like there's there's no argument like there be no argument for that. Like a blacksmith cannot do the same what type of work as a CNC machine in anywhere near the amount of time. But you have to have the material for the CNC machine to work. You have to have the understanding of what it's doing to work. And the blacksmith back in the day had to know all of those traits. Had to know how to smelt. Had to to know how to make the metal. To make the metal better. What metal worked better for certain items. Could things be better from there on? Like Mm -hmm. what what was the evolution of, of blacksmithing, you know? Um, things like that. that. That's very interesting. Yeah, so I could probably talk on this. I mean, I think I have talked on this all night long before with, with people, but um, innovation or move forward, what's good, what's bad? Do we get stuff right? Do we get stuff wrong? I'm, I, I know there's uh, examples from each of those questions, but if you're interested in Talking about this topic, go to Brewing Leadership on Facebook, uh, make a comment, keep the conversation going. If you have any other topics you'd like to hear, just hit, hit send me a message uh, and we'll try to incorporate it. And we're always looking for guests to appear on the show. Uh, you can never have too many opinions or experiences to join in the conversation. Now we have the technology to connect. And we have the technology to connect, you know, and... We're not always going to be able to be in the same room, but it's okay because I think uh, my first episode was someone call, calling in. Uh, so, yeah, it's amazing what we can do now with uh, the innovation that, that we have. But I'll leave you with, um, I usually I had a question. I've already forgot what I was going to what I was gonna post, but what are your thoughts on innovation? I guess that's the main thing. I'd love to hear it. I'm always willing to learn uh, new perspectives on the topic. Uh, I'm very passionate about this topic. Uh, I, I probably left out so much, but uh, we don't want to sit here for three hours recording a podcast because um, I know the intent is short and sweet on some of them. But uh, again, thanks to Ryan for coming on. He's been my go-to guy. That's for it's being always, a guest. It's always enjoyable and I always learned from from love, you. Love conversations. But that's it for today. Uh, until next time. Cheers.